Hey, y'all, we're rerunning two episodes today. Enjoy the show. Welcome to This Day in History class, where we bring you a new tidbit from history every day. The day was May 15, 1928. Walt Disney's Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse made their public debut in a test screening of the silent cartoon Plain Crazy. The animated short could not find a distributor, but it would not take long before Mickey Mouse would capture the attention of thousands of children and adults alike. In 1927, Walt Disney began his first series of fully animated films. Disney and animator Ub Iwerks had been working on the Alice comedies, a series of animated cartoons that featured a live-action girl named Alice and an animated cat named Julius. But these cartoons were expensive and had a lot of technical limitations. So Disney's distributor, Charles Mintz, told Disney and Iwerks to create a character for Universal Studios, which was looking to return to the animation business. Soon, a deal was struck with Universal for 26 animated shorts. These shorts would feature Oswald the Lucky Rabbit, designed by Disney and animator of iWorks. The series of Oswald the Lucky Rabbit shorts performed well. But in 1928, when Mint said he was going to cut Disney's budget, Disney refused to agree to the cuts. A lot of Disney's animators left to go to work with Mint's. But Ub Iwerks, Les Clark, and a few other animators stayed with Disney. Since Mintz retained the rights to Oswald, Disney and Iwerks set to work on creating a new cartoon character to replace the rabbit that they would have the rights to. The character that they came up with was Mickey Mouse, though his original name was Mortimer Mouse. Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse first appeared in the silent short playing Crazy. In playing Crazy, Mickey Mouse tries to fly an airplane to imitate aviator Charles Lindbergh. Mickey convinces Minnie Mouse to join him in a flight, during which time Mickey makes several attempts to kiss Minnie. Minnie rejects his advances, and she eventually parachutes out of the plane using her bloomers. The short was made for about $1,772 and animated by Up Iwerks. And on May 15, 1928, the six-minute silent short Playing Crazy was shown at a test screening in Hollywood. But the cartoon was not received well by audiences, and no distributors wanted it. The next Mickey short that was produced, The Gallopin' Gaucho, had the same fate. But the next film, Steamboat Willie, was a success. In the almost eight-minute short, Mickey pretends to pilot a steamboat when the real captain of the boat confronts him, leading to antics involving Minnie Mouse, a parrot, and a musical number. It was the first Mickey Mouse film to be released, and it was one of the first cartoons that used synchronized music and sound effects. Steamboat Willie premiered at the Colony Theater in New York on November 18, 1928. Audiences loved the characters and were impressed by the synchronized sound, and two weeks after Steamboat Willie premiered, it was re-released at the Roxy Theater in New York City. After Steamboat Willie and Mickey's sound cartoons proved successful, Playing Crazy was released with sound in 1929. So even though Playing Crazy was the first Mickey Mouse cartoon produced, it was the fourth to be released. Mickey Mouse went on to star in several other films, and Disney ramped up promotion and merchandise for the cartoon. Mickey Mouse clubs, fan clubs for the popular animated character in cartoons, 
sprung up around the United States. An article in the October 27, 1929 issue of the Los Angeles Times said the following, Mickey Mouse is one of the very few cartoon stars to have his name featured by theaters on almost an equal basis with the feature screen attraction. Even though the Hollywood test screening of Playing Crazy was technically Mickey's first public appearance, November 18th is considered Mickey's official birthday. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. Get more notes from history on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at TDIHC Podcast. Come back tomorrow for another tidbit from history. Hey y'all, I'm Eves, and welcome to This Day in History Class, a podcast for people who can never know enough about history. The day was May 15, 1903. Mathematician and archaeologist Maria Reicha was born in Dresden, Germany. Reicha was dedicated to studying the Nazca Lines, and she became known as the Lady of the Lines. The Nazca Lines are a group of designs etched into the earth in southern Peru. Reicha grew up in Germany and went to university there. She studied math, geography, and astronomy and learned to speak five languages. But in 1932, as the Nazis rose in power, she moved from Germany to Peru. There, Reicha became interested in the culture and history of the country. In 1927, not long before Reicha arrived in Peru, a Peruvian archaeologist came across the Nazca Lines and reported on them. The Nazca Lines are a group of geoglyphs, or large designs created on the surface of the Earth. Many of them are believed to have been created more than 2,000 years ago. As more people began flying over the area in the 1930s, the Nazca Lines became better known, and Reicha became interested in them. At the same time, American historian Paul Kozak was photographing and studying the lines. Raisha began to work with Kozak, and she began studying the lines extensively. She visited them, flew over them, and began mapping them. She realized that they formed hundreds of huge images, like that of a monkey, a hummingbird, a spider, and other abstract designs. Kozak thought that the lines might be irrigation ditches, but they were too shallow to be used for that purpose. After Kozak left Peru, Reicha continued to study the lines. Reicha theorized that the Nazca lines were part of an astronomical calendar, and she published her theories in the book The Mystery on the Desert in 1949. She suggested that they were used to help determine when to plant and irrigate crops, but this theory was not widely accepted. Still, the Nazca lines began to get attention from researchers around the world. The lines also began to attract more tourist attention. Raisha began to be recognized as a keeper of the lines. She worked to preserve the lines and used a broom to sweep the desert, removing the gravel that was filling in the lines. She used so many brooms that rumors circulated among the locals that she was a witch. She paid guards to protect the lines with money she earned from her book. The Pan-American Highway cut through the lines, but Raisha got the Peruvian government to limit access to the area and build a watchtower so people could safely view them. The Nazca Lines were declared a UNESCO World Heritage Site in 1994. Raisha lived in a tourist hotel in Nazca for the last 25 years of her life, 
and she continued to give lectures on the lines until she died in 1998. After her death, her home in Nazca was turned into a museum. The true purpose behind the lines is still a mystery. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can send them to us at thisday at iheartmedia.com. If you want to hit us up on social media, we're at T-D-I-H-C podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks so much for listening to the show, and we'll see you tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.